0: Um, If you're here for the first time and we are delighted that God has brought you, you've caught us on the concluding lesson in a series we call Level Up, Becoming God's Best Version of You. But I want you to come back next week. In fact, as you go out, we're having a big family fun fest um, with uh, free food and those uh, blow up houses and maybe we'll blow up your kids, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to have a wild time. But we start a new teaching series next week. So, I'd like for you to grab these invitations. There are probably hundreds of them at the entrances. Grab a whole bunch of them and give them away this week. Next week, we begin a teaching series called Central Strong. And here's the deal we want to be a strong church to help keep you strong in every area of your life. Life is hard, life hurts. Life has challenging struggles, but you fly through the test. You overcome the difficulties on the basis of your strength. And we wanna help you grow your strength so you can do well in the life that God is calling you to. Well, I wanted to make all of us feel at home uh, today by bringing up my trash tubs. Uh, My wife and I somehow created an immense amount of uh, garbage. And this is the trash bin that stinks to high heaven. When I'm pulling this bad boy down to the uh, road from our house um, and and give it a a whiff, I'm stunned that this stuff came out of our home. But this is the trash that goes to the curb. It's got to go. Now, this one, if you have a disposal company like we do, you get two tubs, one for your garbage and one for your... Yeah, recyclables. And so the stuff that goes in this tub, you know what? It's coming back. It's going away all used up, but it's going to be restored, redeemed, renewed, made reusable, recreated in a new way. This stuff, it stinks. This stuff, (laughs) you want it on the curb, you don't want to miss a time, a pickup time, because this stuff has got to go forever, dead, buried, gone. But this stuff, this is so cool. You get this back and it comes back better. Recreated, renewed, restored into something useful. Now, spiritually speaking, um, maybe you're yet to believe in Jesus. And if that's the case, we're grateful that you're here. Maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum and you're this wide-eyed Christ follower. Either way, it is essential, spiritually speaking, that you know what it is in your life the garbage in your life. You know, you're just like me. I got trash in my life that needs to be hauled down to the curb and taken away forever. You got to identify yours. It's important. And I hope God brings it to your awareness during this talk. But you also have to be aware of the things in your life, thought patterns, perspectives, attitudes that are essential to recycle. You give them up to God and he cycles back into your heart. Renewed joy, renewed peace, renewed hope. Well, let's start right here for today. Um, You just got to get rid of the trash of your past. It's gone. It's, It's done, but it dogs you. It haunts you things that you've done, things that have been done to you. I mean, it is behind you. But it clings to your life. The, if you will, the smell, the stink of guilt and shame stays with you. It's got to go to the curb. It's got to be gone. Um, This year, 76 people have been baptized in our church. Yeah, baby. You know, um, Central has been identified as one of the top 100 fastest growing churches in America. And you know, that's cool. But nothing means more to me than seeing 76 people fully surrender their lives to Jesus and be baptized. They, They were willing to say, hey, I got a mess. Why would they go public with their faith? Why would they take the step of joining Jesus in the beauty and power of baptism? Because they wanna put their past behind them. They wanna bury their baggage. They want their sins washed away. They wanna be cleansed of their guilt and shame. It's important, super, super important. There was a guy in the Old Testament part of the Bible, he was a heavy hitter, high profile guy, held the highest office in the land, King, King of Israel, his name was David. And to tell you the truth, he was one of the best guys ever. Called a man after God's own heart. But like I have, like you have in one way or another, David did the wrong thing. I mean, he wrecked his life. He trashed his life. He made a royal mess, if you will, of his life. Um, he had an affair with a young married woman named of Bathsheba and immediately regretted it, immediately, what was I thinking? Um, Consumed with guilt, but he thought, you know what? Nobody knows. I'll get past this. I won't do this again. It's just that a couple of months later, he gets a note from Bathsheba. He opens it up. It says, I'm pregnant. Mm. Now, he does the unthinkable. He arranges to have her husband murdered and and does. I mean, it's just like real soap opera stuff in the Bible. And he was like, man, that was a, a close one. Now all my bases are covered. I can just get on with life. But the shame and the guilt stalk him like a shadow. He is haunted throughout the day by his shame. His his guilt erupts in nightmares uh, through the night and he is at the end of himself. He is coming undone until finally he just breaks down and confesses his sin to God. And he writes his, his confession, he writes the results of his confession down in a song for us. It's Psalm 32, let me read what David writes about his confession of sin. He writes this what joy. Oh my gosh, look at this. He's recycled his guilt and cycled in joy. What joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. I mean, adultery, murder, that's major league disobedience, but he's forgiven. That's the kind of God we have, whose sin is put out of sight, it's hauled to the curb, buried forever, forever gone. In fact, the Bible says God sweeps away our sin like the morning mist, that he buries our sin in the deepest sea. He hides our sin behind behind his back so he can't see it. As far as east is from west, so far has he removed our sins from us. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. He does not repay us according to our sin. He forgives when we confess. The word confess means to agree. You see, God already knows. He already knew about David. He saw, he heard, he knew. He was simply waiting for David to agree by confession about what was sin in his life and what needed to be hauled out to the trash. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord cleared of guilt. Now it's not just that the sin is taken care of and forgiven, the guilt is gone. When I refuse to confess... That was a whole different deal. When I refused to, confused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I didn't even feel like eating. I groaned all day long. I was miserable. The pressure never let up. All the juices of my life dried up. And finally, 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 I had had it. And I confessed all my sins to you, God, and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said, I will tell the Lord each one of my sins. And oh my gosh, then you forgave me my guilt was gone. It's not just that the sin got hauled out to the curb, gone forever, but the guilt got recycled into joy. Now now the opposite is also true. Unconfessed sin breeds twin sisters. Okay, twin brothers. I'll make everybody in the room feel good. Twins, ugly twins. Shame and guilt. Now these negative painful emotions are not identical twins. They are distinctively different. Lewis Smeed, the great theologian, has helped me with this. Here's what he says. When uh, you, f- you, you feel guilt, when you do something wrong. You feel shame when you think there's something wrong with you. You do something bad, you feel guilt but you feel shame when you think you are something bad. Well, what David discovered, we we can all find out. We can confess our sin to God. You likely know right now what it is in your life that needs to be hauled to the curb and taken away forever. You see, your guilt and shame will level you down to God's worst version of you. And that's exactly where Satan wants you. He wants you thinking that the best version of you that God will ever get is that of a pathetic loser. He just, Satan is an accuser, a condemner. He is judgmental and he legislates his judgments and his condemnation. You know, you're you're just an addict. You'll never be more than an addict. No one who really knows you will ever love you. You're damaged goods. He just speaks condemnation. That's right where he wants you, feeling guilty, feeling shame. He tries to get you to define your identity by your past, what's happened to you, what was done to you, or what you've done. That's not you. That's not why you're here. God has brought you here to change your identity, to give you a new identity in Christ, so that Christ defines who you are, not on the basis of what you've done, but on the basis of what he's done on the cross for your sin and having been raised from the dead. Here's the word of God. Anyone, anyone is me. Anyone is you. Anyone in real relationship with Christ, anyone in Christ, they become a new person altogether. The past, it's finished. Hold to the curb, hold away. It's finished and gone. Everything has been recycled and it comes back fresh and new. What has the scripture been telling us today? There's joy in confessing, agreeing with God about our sin and getting rid of it. There's a removal of guilt and shame. There's a a being changed, made new, altogether fresh. And new. man, that sounds so awesome. You get all that. All that is recycled into your life when you are in Christ. So the big question is, how do I get in Christ? Christ. Now, when Peter had the chance to answer that question, here's what he said. He said, here's the deal. You change your life. You haul this stuff to the curb. You get rid of it forever. You you recycle the wrong stuff. You change your life. You turn to God and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? So your sins are forgiven. And in a room this size and with hundreds watching online, there's likely someone watching us on a screen or you're listening to this in this room and you're thinking, David, if you only knew. I come here every week and shake your hand or give you a hug, but if you only knew what I've done, if you only knew how bad it was, if you only knew how long I did it, I'm not sure that even God could forgive me. Friend, I'm here to tell you. The God you've been believing in is the wrong kind of God. I want to introduce you to a good God who recycles forgiveness, who washes away guilt and shame. A God who restores, a God who redeems, a God who recreates, a God who reconciles. You see, your God, he forgives fully, freely, freely absolutely completely. And when you say that God can't forgive you, you are totally negating the work of Jesus on the cross. You see, Jesus is God. He came to earth through human birth, born of a virgin. And through his life, he tenaciously battled his way through every trial, every testing, every temptation until he had lived a perfect sinless life and then willingly laid that innocent sinless life down on a cross in my place. I should have been on the cross for my sin. He was serving as your substitute. You should have been on the cross for your sin, but Jesus took our place, took our punishment, took the consequences of our sin. And when God raised him from the dead, three days later, his resurrection power becomes the dominant feature of our lives. The sin is gone. The sin is forgiven. It's washed away. We are cleansed of all guilt and shame in Christ. We are absolutely, we're recycling this. We're recycling this. The, 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 the broken, the hurting, it's going away. The used up, it's going away. And God is recycling into our lives joy, peace, love, newness, freshness. The word of God says it this way. Let God transform you. That's God's part. God loves to transform you. You know, some people think, hey, well, I got this mess going on in my life. I know my garbage. But you never get changed on your own. The transformation happens by God's initiative. It's as you come to him that he's able to change you. Not when you resist, not when you hold back, not when you wait. Let God transform you into a new person. What do you do? You recycle your thinking. You change the way you think. You see, you cycle shame out of your life by changing your mind. I mean, it's possible that you're aware of this, And like the 76 people this year that have been baptized here so far, uh, you wanted your past behind you. You wanted to bury your baggage. You wanted your sins washed away. You're baptized, but have you noticed that your brain does not have a reset button? That you can still think about your past, what was done to you or what you've done. And you can still dwell on those hurtful memories, the... You have every reason to be new, but you're clinging to the old. You've got to change your mind. We've got to unlearn unhealthy patterns of thought that we knew previously. It's not just being baptized, it's relearning the truth. Because we get stuck in patterns of unhealthy behavior, relating reacting in life it's like the two guys are out for a joyride i don't know if you heard about them but the driver i mean he was he was speeding comes up to an intersection red light man he just blows right through the red light and the passenger's like oh my gosh you're gonna get us killed what do you do that was a red light and the driver's like my brother taught me how to drive he doesn't stop for red lights i don't stop for red lights Comes up to another section, another red light. Guy just blows right through that one. And the guy in the passenger seat's like, this is dangerous. Stop the car, let me out of the car, you're gonna get me killed. My brother taught me how to drive. He doesn't stop for red lights, I don't stop for red lights. Comes up to another intersection, the light is green. He slams on the brake, stops, looks nervously both ways. The passenger's like, hey, the light is green, why are you stopping? I know it's green, but my brother might be coming. (laughs) (laughs) okay we got to change our thoughts we got to recycle our thoughts why because we got some stinking thinking here's what the word of God says let if letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death but letting the spirit the spirit of God control your mind it leads to life and peace you can cycle life and peace into your life. Now this is so hugely important to understand that shame lies. When you feel guilt, when you feel shame, you feel it because you are believing lies. The Spirit of God tells you the truth. Shame says you're defective. The Spirit of God says you are deeply loved. Shame says you are damaged goods. The Spirit of God says you are valuable beyond price. Shame says anybody who really knows you will never love you. The Spirit of God says you are accepted and loved just as you are by the one true and living God. When we believe shame, it's hard to believe that God forgives, but think about the people in the Bible. Abraham, the father of our faith, he was a pathological liar. He lied and lied and lied, and every time he lied, he lied to save his own skin, and it put his wife in perilous danger. And God forgave him every time, every lie, forgive, forgive, forgive. God forgave a murderer. His name was Moses. God forgave a drunk. His name was Noah, God forgave a prostitute. Her name was Rahab. We've already mentioned David and God forgave the adultery, forgave the, the murder, forgave all of his sin, just as he longs to forgive you as you confess and surrender your life to Jesus. God sent his son, Jesus, to die in your place for your sin and God raised him from the dead so that you would be fully, freely forgiven of all sin, past, present, and even future. It it takes a recycling of emotion, cycle out the shame, cycle in a new way of thinking about God. And it takes a recycling of perspective. Have you ever noticed how two people can look through the same window and one is just staggered by the beauty and glory of a sunset? And the other person looking out the same window sees water spots and dirty streaks and smudges. It's perspective. It's perspective is everything. If you have a tendency to think and believe the worst, to think dark, hurtful thoughts, to think despairing, anxious, depressing thoughts, You gotta recycle that stuff. Recycle your perspective and fix your thoughts on the goodness of God. Look at the scripture. Scripture says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, not what is false and dishonorable, on what is right and pure. Think, think, think about what is lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. When you catch yourself thinking thoughts that give you anxiety, you gotta cycle them out and cycle back in the peace of God that is beyond all understanding. Focus on that which is excellent and praiseworthy. And just as you train your mind to think the dark, hurtful thoughts, you can retrain your mind to think life and peace and joy. And when you do, you will begin to sing with Isaiah. Here was his song. Sing it to God. You, God, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed, locked down on you. We just got to keep recalibrating our minds until we are focused on things above. Nah. I want you to think about this I want you to identify I want the Holy Spirit to help you identify what's the garbage in your life that needs to go that needs to be hauled down to the curb and just taken away forever And, and what are those thoughts, attitudes, perspectives that need to be recycled into joy and peace into newness Well, I I wouldn't be doing my most important task if I would neglect to tell you that the ultimate recycle is the rinse cycle, if you will, of baptism. Because you get your sins washed away. Maybe the best example of this in the word of God is Paul. Paul invested the first half of his life in killing Christians, imprisoning them, torturing them, trying to get them to recant their faith. Throwing them men, women, and children into prison. He wanted to destroy the church. He wanted to murder the church until he had a personal encounter with Jesus. And in that encounter, Jesus sent a servant to speak to Paul. And this was the challenge the servant gave Paul. It's the time to recycle. Time to do the rinse cycle in your life. He said, what are you waiting for, Paul. Get up, get yourself baptized, scrubbed clean of those sins. Just get them hauled off and get personally acquainted with God. You see, Paul thought he knew God before. He thought he was doing what God wanted him to previously. But he had the whole wrong idea about God. And so he's challenged. What are you waiting for? Get up. Get baptized, get scrubbed clean of all your sins, and now you can get personally acquainted. You can have a personal relationship with God. After his baptism, a little later on, Paul would write about baptism to the church in Rome, and these are his words. He said, This is what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, man, it's like the burial of Jesus. We're putting our past behind us, burying our baggage. And when we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. We are given his new life to enjoy. We cycle out the old, sins forgiven, cleansed of all guilt and shame, and cycle in the fresh, the new, the joy, the peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wired podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwired.com and have a great week.